to jump into a time of celebrating Passover and activating our redemption. Celebrating Resurrection Day, Passover, and activating our redemption. If you're not familiar with Passover and Resurrection Day or, or, or Easter, as some call it, as a combination celebration, yes, Jesus, as we know in our Western culture, is known through Easter and Resurrection Day, but in reality, he is the Passover lamb, according to Scripture. And so what happened is about 300 years after the church was started, they kind of brought church and government and kind of pagan stuff together, and they began to move away from the historical concept of God's feast, and that's how we've got Easter and different celebrations, but we won't go into all that today. Just realize we're celebrating the same thing. The, Hebra the Hebrew Hebrews or the Jews, they're celebrating Passover, believing Jesus is coming. We're selling, celebrating Passover knowing Jesus has already come, and that's a huge thing, isn't it? And so, but we're still celebrating the same feast according to uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, and 8 says, for even Christ is our Passover, and so, or a sacrifice for us, therefore let us keep the feast. Now, why is it so important that you're here today to keep the feast? Because this is God's invitation every year to take a journey. Now, I don't know about you, but I love the idea that God sets an appointment with me every year. And he says, if you'll meet with me at this time, I'll plan you and I a journey that we're going to walk through together this year. Did you know God is waiting on you here today? He was, wait, came with you and was here waiting on you as well, that when you got here to say, today, Passover, we start a brand new journey this year. It's new beginnings. Now, I don't know about you, but there was a lot of things I got right last year. And there's a lot of things I got wrong last year. But aren't you glad that I don't have to wait for a summer revival? I don't have to wait for an evangelist to come by. All I got to do is know what God's coming with a Moedim, an intentional time, and he's saying, hey, are you ready to get on another journey, forget the past, and move on to something ahead this year? So touch three people say it's a new beginning for you right now. It's a new beginning for you. Now, these cycles of breakthroughs are Passover, which speak of redemption, Pentecost, Revelation, Tabernacles, which speaks of, of restoration. And so every year, God wants to take us on a cycle. If you can just wrap your mind around the agricultural concept of the Lord. So in other words, right now, put that slide back up just so somebody could just see it's a little bit more. Just so you can understand the agriculture. So I've been with some farmers this week and uh, got to meet some out in Oklahoma. And what's interesting is this is their, like I'm getting ready for Passover, right? I'm getting ready for my spiritual time. They're getting ready to plant. And they're already talking about what kind of crops and what kind of harvest they're coming going after. And they told me, they said, we're going to plant around April. Normally we try to do it around resurrection time. And then in about 50 days or toward June, we'll start seeing what kind of crop is coming up. And then by the time we get to October, November, we will have gathered in the full harvest. Now, isn't it exciting that this is Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles? So what's God saying today, he will start something in your life, and in about 50 days around Pentecost, you'll start seeing the first fruits 
of what God has started. And by the time we get to the end of this October, November, you will see the full manifestation of what God has come on somebody. That's how we get the whole 30, 60, 100 fold concept. And so it's just an exciting time to be here. Now, when you study scripture, you realize the difference between most traditional Easter services and what we do is they're celebrating an event. We're celebrating a lifestyle. Easter, resurrection is not about a once a year thing for us to where we get dressed up one time and go to church to celebrate something that happened 2,000 years ago. Passover, resurrection for us is just as real today as it was 2,000 years ago because we know the risen Savior is about to step again into our life and resurrect some things in us and move us into a new place. So I began to look at it this year. I was so inspired. It says, Jesus' parents went every year to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. I got to thinking, you know, most of you made a great effort to be here today. But can you imagine, they journeyed every year all the way to Jerusalem just to get to celebrate Passover. That's how important it was. Paul the Apostle rearranged his his whole apostolic journey to say, I've got to be in Jerusalem for the feast. And every time I see Gideon and David and Joshua and Hezekiah, they brought back Passover. Because all, let me tell you, one thing the enemy's after, he's trying to steal Passover. Reread the Bible and you'll see the enemy always tried to steal Passover because if he could get God's people out of God's timing, believing for God's harvest, he could change and alter our destinations. So every time you see these people leaving the Old Testament, re-alive, bringing back alive, reawakening Passover, God did something supernaturally and miraculous. And so my concept for us today is I don't want to just have another day where we gather and celebrate something that happened and not see any manifestation. So my thought this year is our redemption, why is Passover really about in a nutshell? Our redemption, our Passover is God allowing us to activate our redemption. The blood had to be applied. The blood had to be applied. In other words, there had to be an application of what God was saying to experience the spiritual momentum that God had for his people. And so I realized this, and I began to look at God's word this year, and I can't believe I've been so distracted from these blessings. But I saw that after God had taken Israel out of Egypt, he was in the wilderness with them. And in Exodus 23, he comes and he says, let's celebrate Passover. Now, God had already taken them out. They had already had the blood on the door. They had already been delivered from Egypt. They had already been moved through the Red Sea. Now they're in the wilderness and Moses comes and God comes to Moses and says, reactivate, move again into Passover. And tells them exactly how to do it. He said, remember in this month, the month of the bee, when I took you out of Egypt, went through the whole story with me. He says, I need you to celebrate it in the wilderness. I don't know about you, but I love a God that comes right to you in your wilderness and says, if right here in a dry place, if you will obey me and celebrate me, I can move you forward in your season. And so I reread Exodus 23. I I challenge you to do so. And I was blown away at the seven blessings God promised Israel if they would do what we're doing today. 
activating their redemption. Number one, God will assign an angel to you. This is the promise of the Lord. God will assign an angel to you. Today, after we participate in celebrating, God's going to give you a new angel. You say, why do I need a new one? Because you've been in such messes, your other one's tired. You got to get you a new one. Yeah, the other one's been so busy trying to keep you out of stuff. He's like, I got to have some reinforcements here because I am worn out from your journey. So aren't you glad that every year God gives you a fresh, come on somebody, God gives you a fresh, somebody stands up, ready to go. Now, if you don't believe that, you're already off track because I'm telling you, whether you see it, whether you feel it, whatever, I'm telling you today, an angel from heaven is being dispatched because God promises you celebrate it, I'll send you an angel on assignment. What's his job? Let's go back to the slide. I'll send an angel before you to keep you in the way. His job is to make sure you don't get off track and bring you to the place that I have prepared for you. For my angel shall go before you. I love this part about Passover. And I, I, can, and I, and I don't have time to go to all the details today, but I can go through Scripture and prove it to you. Remember Joshua? It says as soon as Joshua celebrated Passover before he went through the, when they were about to cross the Jordan, what happened? First thing that happened, he saw an angel. He said, who are you? And who are you for? Are you for us or are you against us? He said, neither. I'm for the Lord. See, your angel that's getting dispatched, he's not for you or against you. He's for the Lord. And he's for the Lord's purpose being fulfilled in your life. He's not for you to order around to get your personal needs done. He's for the Lord's will and purpose to be manifested in your journey and in your life. That's why it says, make sure and don't offend him because he's sent from me to lead you on your way. It's all through the scripture. David, when he was numbering with the senses, an angel showed up and stopped the plague. Gideon, celebrating Passover, comes out of the threshing, comes out of the wine press into the threshing floor. What happens? An angel shows up. Hezekiah on the wall. All throughout scripture, every time you saw him celebrating Passover, angels were released. So touch somebody, say, if you don't want your angel, I'll take yours on with me too. I'll take a double portion, amen? What a powerful blessing. Number two, ready? God will be an enemy to your enemies. This is the promise of Passover. I will be an enemy to your enemies. If, but if you obey the voice of this angel and do what I speak, then I'll be an enemy to your enemies and I'll be an adversary to your adversaries. In other words, you won't have to fight your battles. God will fight your battles for you. We can enter to a place of peace and rest knowing I'm not fighting my battles. I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood, but my God is fighting my battles for me. This is a powerful promise as we celebrate Passover. This is the blood on the door. Death angel passes over God's protection. Number three, God will give you prosperity. He will bless. It says you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. In other words, what's the necessities that you need for life? This is, this is uh, what, Matthew 6. If you celebrate Passover, you don't have to worry about what you're going to put on, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. 
You won't have to worry this year what's happening to the economy. You won't have to worry what's happening in the government. You won't have to be fretting what's happening with the national gross product. You won't have to be worrying about the stock. You won't have to be worrying about your 401k becoming special K. You won't have to worry about all these things that are happening in the world around you. Because God says, if you serve me, I will be the one that'll bless your food and water. Matthew 6, says, all you got to do is seek the kingdom of God first and watch all these things be added unto your life. I don't know about you, but what a blessing to be free of worry and doubt and enter into this season knowing God is concerned and he says he knows what you need before you ever ask him. My God. Number four, that is good preaching. I thank you for that. I, I, I mean, I was about to encourage myself. I thank you for doing that for me. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good myself about this right now. Number four, God will take sickness away from you. Don't you love that? In other words, you don't have to struggle. He said, I will actually take it away from you. Not like you get over it, not like you overcome it. I will literally take sickness away from you. This is the promise of Passover. I will literally step in and take sickness away from you. Lord, I thank you right now for a year of supernatural health for your people that, Lord, when we, in just a few moments, that there'll be a transaction where your Holy Spirit will just reach in and take sickness away from us, Lord. So we just receive that. I feel the anointing even right now on that, that the Lord will just reach in and take this sickness away from us in Jesus' name. Number five, God will give you a long life. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land, and he will fulfill the number of your days. You will not die before it's your time to die. Not one sparrow falls out of the sky apart from my Father's will. You will not die prematurely. You will fulfill every moment, every second of your destiny on the earth before you go to be with the Lord. Nigel Big Pond gave me a necklace while I was out there. It had seven turtles on it. He said, Kent, this doesn't speak of being hard-headed. And it doesn't speak of being old and slow. He said, it speaks of long life. Because turtles live a long time. He said, God will give you long life and satisfy you with his salvation. You say, how long will I live until you're satisfied? Once you're satisfied, start looking to be in the end times. Right? Just once you're fully satisfied, you feel like you've fulfilled your purpose, time to go, but not before. No premature death to those who keep the Passover. I love that one right there. Number six, God will bring increase and inheritance. Little by little, I'll drive them out from before you until you have increased and inherit the land. This is talking about your destiny. This is talking about your purpose. This is talking about increasing in spiritual knowledge, increasing in spiritual might, increasing in knowledge of the Lord, in revelation of the Lord. This is your inheritance from the Lord. This is walking out your spiritual DNA and destiny on the earth. So he promises that he will increase this year next time 
if you celebrate Passover, you should know the Lord more than you knew him this year going into Passover. God should show you a different aspect this year of his character. God will show you something else that he has planned. Another portion, another download of your inheritance will, will, will just absolutely be imparted to your life that you take another step into what you're called to do and how you're called to function on the earth. And so this is that time where God begins to move us into our spiritual inheritance. Last but not least, God will give you restoration. I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the desert to the river, for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you, and what the enemy stole will be returned to you and protected. What a powerful promise. What a powerful promise. See, I think sometimes we don't understand the full redemption. I mean, I thank God that our sins are forgiven. I thank God that we're washed by the blood, and I thank God that we have eternal security. But that's, that's just the beginning of what God wants to do in our life. He wants us to live in the full redemption. I remember we were over in uh, Atlanta, this revival, and there was many people being prayed for and baptized. We'll be baptized today, and both services, others need to be baptized. But... There, there was a lady that had come and they, so many were getting baptized you had to get a ticket and for some reason she didn't get to be baptized she was sick she was suffering terribly they had driven a long, long way to get there and our crew was there and we just happened to meet her in the lobby and, uh, and realized she couldn't you know she didn't make it to the waters of baptism and was disappointed she was going home sick and so we said well, we'll, we'll pray for you you know God will heal you right here and we all prayed for her and nothing happened she didn't get healed and we were kind of you know, uh, struck by what, what, what happened. So we just fortunately paused long enough to hear the Lord. And the Lord said, take an offering for her. And so all the next thing know, we're all given an offering. And the Lord said, tell her not only will I heal her, but I'm going to restore the money she spent on the sickness that she had. As soon as we put the money in her hand, the power of God hit her, and she was instantly healed right before our eyes. All the pain left. Why? God was saying, I've got a much bigger redemption than you understand that I'm wanting to bring into people's lives. And, by, and let me just go ahead and just, just deal with this. I never see God rebuking anybody for asking for too much. I only see rebuking for people for asking for too little. He told David, he said, I've given you this, 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 and this. And if that wasn't enough, I would have given you much more. When he went to, when he went with, did the deal with Bathsheba, he said, you've got every, you've got wives, you've got land, you've got animals. I've given you everything. Why would you go look for another man's? Cause if that wasn't enough, what I'd given you, I would have given you much, much more. God's no, has no problem with you getting more. He just don't want you to get somebody else's. Come on. He wants you to get it from him. God has no problem with the much, much more. I think it's time that we release our faith for the full redemption. I don't want to get to heaven and just have walked in a portion of what Jesus redeemed me to walk in. I want to walk in my full inheritance. And this is Passover. And this is what God is saying. So how do we activate it? How do we activate our redemption? We'll step into this here in just a moment. Number one, we're going to take communion. We're going to honor the blood. Because there's power in the blood of Jesus. 
Here's what happened. On the day just before Jesus was crucified, while they were eating, Jesus took a piece of bread, gave a prayer of thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. Take it, he said, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks to God, and handed it to them. And they all drank from it. Jesus said, this is my blood, which is poured out for many, my blood, which seals God's covenant. This happened the day before, the night before Jesus goes to the garden to be crucified. Now, isn't it interesting that he celebrates this with his, with his disciples and it activates redemption? How about in the garden, an angel showed up to strengthen him, to get him to where he was supposed to be? See, this Passover stuff, this Jesus set the whole redemptive order of humanity, set it totally in order by keeping Passover with his disciples. This is the power about what we're about to do. It will activate. It's not just a, just a, a religious thing, the, the bread and the cup. It, it's an activation of the spirit of redemption in your life and my life. Number two, we activate our redemption with our words. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Because I promise you, as we step out of Passover into this year, the Lord will start, or the enemy will start challenging your redemption. And all you got to do is say, hang on a minute. The blood of Jesus has already been shed for me. I have already been redeemed. This is not something I'm looking forward to. This is something that already happened. Now, with my mouth, I say, with his stripes, I have already. And now with your mouth, you begin to activate your redemption. I think every year we need to be reminded about this because we get so negative here. I taught a friend, I taught a friend of mine that, that he, I'm not, I, I, think, I think he knows Jesus, but he doesn't know Jesus like you do. He, he's in business up in North Carolina, and I preached him James 3 the other day. I was in a car with him, he, just, he was talking, and I preached James 3, and, and he a, a loves the ocean, he loves boats and stuff, and I said, your tongue's like a rudder. Little bitty part steers your whole ship. Man, every time I call him, he says, man, that rudder thing, that's a real deal right there, buddy. That rudder thing, that's a real deal right there. That little thing that steers the whole ship. Man, we don't need to get into Pentecost and be doubting what happened at Passover. By the time we get to Pentecost, we are fully confessing exactly what our harvest is and what God, if, if, if you don't see a first fruits by Pentecost, we need to check our mouth because I'm telling you the harvest is set in place if we don't nullify it. Bob Jones called me one time. He said, hey, he called me little buddy. Hey, little buddy, God said you passed the test. I said, Bob, that's not true. He said, what do you mean it's not true? He said, the Lord told me you passed the test. I said, no, Bob, I failed it. I promise you. I failed the test. He said, well, I tell you what, you better let your mouth line up with what God's saying instead of what you think. Because God doesn't see it that way. God says you passed. So I don't care what you think or see, you better line up and let your mouth start talking about what God said. See, the enemy will come trying to make you and I think, well, well, you celebrated Passover and now, but look what you did this week. Look how you blew it. You blew redemption. If you can blow the redemption that Jesus paid for on the cross, then what in the world are we serving the Lord anyway for? I'm here to say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so who has been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And last but not least, 
Giving releases redemption. For God so loved the world, he gave. If I could only teach people one thing the rest of my life, I would teach this principle. The power of breaking curses through generosity. A heart motivated by love to give to others. I'm telling you, it's the most powerful force on the earth is when you get a hold of this concept, it is more blessed to give than receive. That's why God said when you come at Passover, don't come empty-handed. Come before me and don't come empty-handed. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your income. Your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. This is celebrating Passover. This is you and I activating our redemption today through the blood, through the confession of God's word, and through the offering of our first fruits offering, starting a journey with the Lord. And the journey's always different. But I promise you, it's your journey. I'll never forget a young man that came to me. He said, Kent, I got a problem. I said, what is it? He said, you had me celebrate Passover and I gave away everything I had in savings to the Lord. And it's been six months and I ain't gotten a dollar back. I said, well, who'd you give it to? He said, the Lord. I said, then you better go talk to him. <laughs> or did you give it to me? He said, no, I gave it to the Lord. I said, well, then you need to talk to the Lord. He came back. He goes, you will not believe what the Lord told me. I said, I probably would. He said, I went to the Lord and said, Lord, I gave away my savings at Passover. And I ain't got a dollar back. I said, what did the Lord say? He said, the Lord said, have you needed it? Have you needed savings? He said, no. He said, well, what did you have a savings for? He said, well, in case one of my kids get sick or a car breaks down or something, you know, sudden emergency comes up, you know, just kind of saving it for a rainy day. Lord said, have you had any rainy days? Any kids been sick? Anything broke? Anything had to been replaced? He said, no. He said, I gave you something better than money. I gave you something called trust. And then, of course, you know, God's replenished him and he's prospered now because it's cycles. See, I don't know what you need. God knows exactly what you need. And so, first fruits is giving unto God, saying, God, I trust that you will give me exactly what I need in my life this year. And so here's the decision we make at this time of year, and I love this. Here's the whole principle of first fruits in a nutshell. I look at what I have, and I offer God the best. Could be $5, 50 500 5000 What am I looking at? What do I actually have? He's not asking for something you don't have. What do I have? And just offer him the best. Here's what I love about it. What I have today can either be my last or my first. It can be the last of it or the first of a whole bunch more. Just depending on how I move with the Lord this year. And so this is our redemption. This is what God is doing and this is how we activate it. So we want to basically start preparing our hearts. We'll first take communion. We'll make decrees outside of, out, out, out loud into the atmosphere. 
We'll release the words out of our mouth for what we believe the Lord wants to do. We'll offer our first fruits offering and we'll do it all in the spirit of worship as we celebrate Passover. So Father, we just thank you right now for the Holy Ghost. We thank you right now for your spirit taking the concept, taking the spirit of Passover, deliverance, resurrection, overcoming grace and power and releasing it onto our lives and our families as we take the step of faith and we honor you and celebrate you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's begin to prepare our communion as we go into worship. Passover, Jesus shed his blood seven times on the cross. Purchased our redemption. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior. Lord Jesus, we worship you today. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for the price you paid. We thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for coming to show us and demonstrate to us the love of the Father. Lord, I'm thankful that the cross wasn't necessary. It was just a gift. You just came to show us how much you love us and to the depth you were willing to suffer so that we could have eternal life and walk in your redemptive power. Jesus, if I told you thank you every minute of every day, I couldn't tell you enough how thankful I am to be born again, blood washed, 
spirit-filled, having your word and your spirit leading and guiding my life. Lord, as we come to your table today, we thank you that you're preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And Lord, we thank you that today as we celebrate this communion meal, that we are activating our redemption and what you've got planned for us this Passover. And so we just worship you, we honor you, we bless you, and we thank you for what you're going to accomplish in our life this season. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the bread. And we activate our redemption together in this communion moment. Say this with me out loud, will you, on the screen? One, two, three. We activate our redemption today through the blood of the Lamb. Christ's blood shed on Calvary saves, delivers, and sets free. His blood is the solution to every problem, temptation, need, sickness, and chaotic time. The blood of the Lamb will never lose its power. Therefore, today we align our testimony with the blood of the Lamb and proclaim this a season of victory and triumph. Amen. Now, I want us to take just about a minute. If you feel like you'd like to share this with your family, one another, if you'd like to share it husband and wife, friend to friend, or with somebody, I don't want us just to do it in a sterile way. I'm gonna, I'll be here taking communion, but just, and just take about a minute and just as you feel led to take the blood and take the cup, take the cup and take the bread, let's just have the communion together and, and have this time with the Lord.
enough? We want to say out loud, we are redeemed. So on the count of three, let's activate our redemption today with our words. Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. We realize the world was made with words that we cannot say. We say, Lord, make us a world this year with our words, faith-filled words. So on the count of three, one, two, three. We activate our redemption today and declare with our voices, let the redeemed say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let's stop right there just a minute. I want to say one time, I have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let's say it one more time. I have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed say we are saved. Let the redeemed declare we are delivered. Let the redeemed praise his power. Let the redeemed rehearse his righteousness. Let the redeemed announce his awesomeness. Let the redeemed move out in faith. We declare that our words align with the promises of God to transform our families, transform our businesses, to transform our cities, and to transform nations. Amen, amen, and amen. We prophesy there's a rattle in the atmosphere. And God is raising up a redemption army to bring transformation to the world. So come on, let's worship, come on. Saturday was silent Surely it was true Since when has it possible Ever stop you Come on. Friday's disappointment It's Sunday's empty tomb Since when has it possible Ever stop you
first fruits. We're decreeing. We'll make the decree in a minute. But I'm believing for harvest, not just for you and I personally, but I'm talking about a kingdom harvest, like souls and lives transformed and bodies healed and people delivered and transformed. And so, Father, we thank you today as we're honoring you with our first fruits. Something supernatural is going to transpire in this spiritual exchange. You said come before you, don't come empty-handed. Now listen, if you're here today and you're not prepared, you don't have anything we need to give, touch your neighbor and say, you're going to have to give me a five. i got to get something in there. Tell them, you're going to give me a little something. i got to get something in the, in the ground. I'll catch you next month, but i got to get something in the ground. No matter how little, how small, we're saying we're sowing seeds, Passover seeds of victory in every area. Yes, even. 
nation. And so by faith, we stretch our hands toward our, our neighbors, our city, our state, and we just release this song into the atmosphere. Come on. Across the fire. Sing it. Stare at something Give us new. You're not going to run out of miracles anytime soon. in our lives 
and in our families and in our children's children's children. We release a generational blessing over this Passover that goes the curse to the third and fourth generation, but the blessing of the Lord to a thousand generations. We receive it, we believe it, and we thank God for it. And everybody said, last thing. Yesterday I was meditating with the Lord and I said, Lord, you know, I'm excited about Passover and being blessed. These seven promises, but Lord, I know you're talking to us that the move of God is not a move in the church, it's a move of the church. I said, How, what does this have to do with Passover this year? Supernaturally, I was led to Matthew 13. I'd never seen it before, but it says the evening of the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world and go to the Father. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God, was going back to God. So he got up from the supper table. That's where we're at today. We're at the supper table, right? He got up from the supper table, set aside his robe, and he put on an apron, and he poured water in a basin and began to wash the feet of his disciples, drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you washed my feet. And he said, do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That's what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, you must now watch each, wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. And an employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it, and you're going to live a blessed life. What was the Lord saying? He's saying, we've been at supper now with Passover. I believe the blessings of the Lord have gotten upon us. I believe the angels have been released. But now what do we do? We get up from supper and we go serve humanity. We get out here on Monday morning and Tuesday and Wednesday, not enjoying blessings, but releasing blessings. Get every opportunity that comes our way to let somebody far from the Lord say yes. Anytime, any opportunity to do a good deed, serve the poor, move with Isaiah 58, break yokes, move oppressed, feed the hungry. Let's go and demonstrate what we've received today at Passover. And Jesus said, act like this and you're going to live a blessed life. So Father, I activate the ecclesia in this season, not only to live with the blessing of redemption, but to be agents of redemption as we step into our communities, our neighborhoods, our businesses, our schools, our homes. Let transformation power, presence of Jesus, and unusual miracles testify to the fact that you are the risen God. With great grace, the apostles gave witness of the power of the resurrection, and great grace was upon them all. Let great grace rest upon Word Alive in this season to be agents of redemption and transformation in our spheres of influence. We release it, and we say the dry bones are coming together in Jesus' name. I love you. Be blessed. Happy Passover.